you love noodles, you're in the right place because this is the podcast about people and the noodles that they love. I'm your host and best friend, Kevin Chu, and this is Slurp. best friend the guy who just cried at coco on netflix kevin chu and i am back this week with another piping hot episode a continuation of last week's episode with tony vin if you weren't here last week you gotta go listen to it please it's really great um tony and i talked about starting out in comedy uh and the Spaceballs book was brought up there is a Spaceballs book i know it's crazy you should listen to it um and we continue our conversation this week on comedy. Uh, he talks about a tour that he recently did in uh, Asia and how the difference between American comedy and, uh, I guess, East Asian comedy. So we have, we have a really great conversation about that. And we have it all over a delicious bowl of bunru, which if you listened to last week, uh, you'll know about. It's a delicious... Vietnamese noodle dish. Uh, it's tomato soup base and noodles. And the one that they served to us at Na Chang, which is the restaurant I went to, had uh, crab meatballs. They're giant and they're flaky and they're delicious and they're perfect. Um, it also usually comes with uh, pig feet when I've had it. It's comes with snails when I've had it. Uh, it's a really versatile dish. And if you haven't tried it, I, I feel like you should really go try it. Pho, I think, dominates the Vietnamese noodle market. But Bun Rio is something that really deserves recognition, I think, because it is truly uh, one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy the continuation of my conversation from last week with Tony Vin, everybody. Yeah, the humidity. Yeah. Oh, I'm a large dude. 
I look better when I wear coats. <laughs> you know, I'm not one of those dudes that's sure. Baggy and stuff. Yeah. I just problem man. So. How did it feel? Like, did you feel like? How did it feel like go back and like? I guess see, did your did your aunt and like mom like talk about all the places that they grew up into? Yeah, because you know I think they were nervous about going back. I mean, you got to keep in mind, or at least my mom was the last time she was there. She was for yeah. life, mm-hmm. and, and you know had suffered like ten years of war at that point. Uh, so she was worried about going back. Like, you know, that is is going to be like just a bunch of like. It's kind of being like, you know, mean or whatever, and the place was going to be all like kind of run down, and she, she was pleasantly surprised. And we went to some places where, uh, you know, where she grew up, and my dad grew up, and, uh, you know, we took pictures and everything, and it was all nice, and then we went to other places where she's like, oh my god, it's not even here anymore, you know? Uh, so much changed, but, uh, yeah, she loved it. She wants to go back now, you know? It's just, uh, I'm going back with you. <laughs> this was your trip. This uh, was your trip, and they hijacked yeah, it. Yeah, they hijacked it. It's like, man. But, How'd your show there go? It was, it was good. It wasn't as great as I wanted it to be, but it's a uh, stand-up comedy screen new there, you know? Uh, in Asia, it's kind of a new thing. Uh, they uh, did shows in Japan, too. It's just one of those things where it's like their idea of comedy is very theatrical. You know, it's like, oh, it's kind of script, scripted. It was like, like big shows. Yeah, big shows. Yeah. You know, like almost like makeup sometimes or whatever. Or there's a lot of skits, very vibrant. And like very like fancy suits. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Costume, vibe, kind of dialogue here and there. Yeah. Or, you know, it's very, it's performed. It's like theater, you know. And so... Stand up comedy as an art form, the way we know it, is different. Though. Very structured. Early yeah. shows are like very structured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, us doing it the way we're doing it, like, it resonated with, I think, like, expats and stuff like that. We're used to seeing that. But, but like, you know, with locals, it's kind of like, they're either into it or they don't get it. Like, Japan. Japan had one show, it was like a bunch of expats in a room that did did stand-up often. Uh, it was started by some British guys or whatever. And so that crowd, they had a big young Japanese people and they kind of had a great time. Great show. But they knew what they were getting into. They were getting into. Yeah. And then the next time, you know, I had a show in another place. I was mentioning like Japanese salary men, you know, like, most of them understood English, you know. And it's like, they're just staring at me, you know. And it's like, on top of it, because I'm Asian, like, who is, what is this guy doing, you know? It's like, why isn't he, like, keeping all his feelings in himself, to himself? Uh, so Japan, there's just so, there's just so many cool things to do. Like, it's all, like, you know, so many fun things to do. It's like, why do you want to watch this, this depressed guy in the corner just talk about, talk about himself? Like, they didn't get it. And they also didn't laugh out loud. They like were politely clap and everything. And so my, I didn't know how to gauge that. It's like, are they enjoying it or are they not? You know. If you're getting applause break, that means they like it. I guess I don't know. So, so that was kind of weird. But Vietnam, Vietnam was pretty good. I mean, they kind of knew what they were getting into. It was, uh, it was an experience. You know, the only thing that I kind of wish was, uh, you know, a lot of my comedy kind of 
deals with like I reference a lot of like culture stuff, American stuff, and so that stuff didn't play as well. Like the bigger stuff, like politics and stuff, they got some little stuff they obviously didn't get to either rewrite that, you know, to cater to that. But in doing so, it's like telling a joke for the first time, you know. And it's just like it was kind of because I was tired of water traveling. So yeah, uh, but it was fun. It was great, man. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking into doing a a possible tour through Vietnam again and Japan, maybe you know, try to hit up like uh, Hong Kong or Singapore at the end of this year. I'm still talking to some people about that, so we'll see. Yeah, no, it's interesting what you said also about like their comedy being more theatrical because yeah. you know, I grew up watching a lot of Chinese shows and it's like that same thing. It's like yeah. on a stage and it's like twelve people, one host, and then they're like all sitting down and they're just watching people do stuff. Yeah, and it's like crazy. And, and it's their like, voices aren't cartoony. Yeah. Like, Are you? Huh? <laughs> 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 and like I also like. My friend was also, one of my friends in high school was also really into like Japanese comedy and they would do like, there was this one thing that they did every year, it was like these like big televised programs where like these four Japanese like comics would do like this big like game, like game show, like one time only thing. Oh, okay. Um, one of them was like they stayed overnight for 24 hours in like an auditorium and there were a bunch of like punishment games that they had to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like every hour there's like a different punishment game and it was just like the game shows. Are, yeah, it was so elaborate and the like shows are ridiculously yeah. entertaining. Yeah. You know. Um. So he got really into that and it was like and I, I, I watched a few of them and they were they were like really funny and I've like never seen anything like that. But like yeah, I know. Thinking about it, it's like American comedy is so much like it's so different, I guess, where everything's like really scripted and like. Well, not like that, but that's not scripted, but like it feels like something new and exciting is happening around every quarter, you know? Even if you look at British comedy, even if you go on Netflix, they're really put together, you know? Like everything's really like. It feels, you know, they. A lot of like, you know, big, like. Performances and everything, you know. Uh, American comedy has kind of gotten to the point where it's like conversational, <laughs> you know, like almost too conversational. Like you go to a show nowadays, it's like, am I just pay thirty dollars to just, you know, just hear the guy talk to me like he's just. Eating noodles over a podcast, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you got to the point where it was like everyone keeps on stressing about, oh, it's gotta be like you know, you gotta be real and authentic and you know, reveal yourself and all that stuff. And it's gotten to the point where you get a lot of comics who, who just even like they're funny amongst their friends over dinner. And they take that, and that's just how they perform on stage. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it also kind of takes the magic out of it, you know? It's like, um, I read somewhere where, like, you know, Steve Harvey always wears a suit, or Simon always wears a suit, that lets you know that you're the star of the show, versus the audience, you know? And obviously, if you're doing a coffee shop, you don't want to do that, but it's like, a lot of comedy nowadays. Tell you about my feelings and all this stuff. And there's like, you know, the 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 joy of the going to see the show is going. And I don't know what I don't know what's better. Like sometimes if I'm paying for a ticket, like, sometimes I want that. 
sometimes I just want to, you know, yeah. see something more like down and you know, dirty. Uh, but I feel like entertainment overseas, you know, whether it's Europe or whatever, it's just now you guys are paying money. We're putting, you know, it's like going to see any, whether it's a play or not, stand up's just a performance, you know? And I think there's, you know, something nice about that. I wish I had my shit together. Like, like my, I wish my performances were consistent from one show to the next. Because I think that's how, although sometimes it feels mechanical, but sometimes it's what makes it good. You know, it's like you don't want to go to TC. You know, the Lion King on Broadway, and like, you know, one day Simba doesn't want to, you know, do this or whatever. It's like, yeah. this is what it is. They planned it. Uh, I read somewhere where like George Carlin, he was so like prescriptive with his performance. Uh, where one time there's some comedian that was playing a casino where he was he was playing like a small theater, and George Carlin was in the big theater. And after the, the, the comic, after a show like on a Saturday night, he went over and watched George. And it's like, sold out, packed, and he comes out, he just went, bam, bam, just delivering his lines. And he, he moved to one left side of the stage, delivering line, middle, delivering line, right, delivering line. And just kind of, he had, had his beats down. And then the guy, after his Sunday show, he went back to see George that night. And it wasn't sold out, as it was the Saturday night. Like the left side was kind of there's a bunch of empty seats, the right side. But George still came out and he went to the left side and delivered his line, looked right at the empty seats, still delivered his line, went to the middle, went to the right. It was exactly the same show, even though there was like 50% less people. Which, on one hand, is like commendable. So this guy's a professional. On the other hand, it kind of feels like he's not as connected to the crowd. So it's tough. I wish I was like that. It's like a balance. It's a good balance. You need a good balance. Because there's something about there's something special about being present too. You know? But so then you go back to like the Japanese or Chinese the Chinese performers. It doesn't matter if it's a empty crowd or a, or or empty audience or a full audience, they're kind of performing the same way, you know? Kind of do their big life. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a performance. So that's that's their stand-up comedy, yeah. you know. So it's weird. Yeah, I saw this really interesting uh, video on Ali Wong special recently, where it was like they kind of because her I, when I watched her special first time, I was like, it's really like kind of like the view you're talking about, where it's like kind of conversational, but then it like broke down like. For different like story pieces. Oh, was it the one where they're like at like 42 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I saw it. I was like, like, and it was like, <laughs> right. it's like, I don't think she planned that, dude. You know? I, I, would, I, I don't think I could have passed her honestly because she, I don't know, she. Well, she I, mean, I don't think they, I don't think you, as a performer, I don't know the comments. Not to the minute, maybe. No, I don't think anyone makes that scientific unless you're that yeah, fan. Yeah, no. Unless you're that fan, right? No. I don't think anyone makes it. And I think just through experience, you know that, okay, this is where I get my hardest laugh. Uh, it just culminates to this. And so then you kind of just move it around like, in your head. And it just. Because I, I, I heard her do an interview, too. And she's, I mean, it's. What we saw in Baby Cobra, which is like a great. Special, yeah. It's, you know, it's like ten or fifteen years of work. You know, she didn't put out anything before that, so like she knows that material. I mean, look, it's like every band you see, like that 
it's, it's great. It's like, oh my god, you know, like this band is awesome. And they put like their sophomore one that they did in like a year or two, and it's like, mm, you know. So she's about to have this new one come out on Mother's Day, so it'll be interesting to see. Oh yeah, see it. She's pregnant How again. It's funny, right? Is she? I think so. Because I know she had a second baby. Yeah, I think she's pregnant again in this one. Ooh, ooh, I don't know if I'd do that. Now it makes sense it's coming out of Mother's Day. If it's only her special, I mean, she does shows still all the time, I think, in LA and stuff. Yeah, I've ran into her a couple times. That's, that's so But if she does it again, I mean, she's going to have to keep doing it. Isn't she only going like, to call me when she's pregnant? Just, yeah, get fat. Eat, eat the large food reel. Uh, wow. But yeah, yeah, so it's just like, it was interesting though, how they broke it down. I was like, man, who had the time to do that? Yeah, I don't think she planned it like, just, like the minute. Or, like, but she, like, I mean, I, I assume like you know she, she knows where her big laughs are. And yeah, she like you know what's her opener. Yeah, and she crafts her like later bits to like you know incorporate everything. I'm like I'm sure. Because um, I, I mean, she has. Oh no, I mean, uh, yeah, I assume she like, she goes out and does like indie shows. Yeah. So what what I did like what they said. Was uh, and you should put a link to that thing too. People, the eighteen people without listening. So, <laughs> uh, what I did like was that you know they were saying how her her act was like a movie, sort of like beginning, middle, end, and kind of was a arc, takes you somewhere. That's where that's where a lot of the, the bigger name great comics do, you know, and that's. What I'm hoping to do with my stuff because whereas now na- nowadays this is where comedy kind of has taken a different path. Uh, nowadays you can just watch comic books for five minutes at a time or whatever, right? You do whatever. You see it, you go to shows, it'll take time, you know, I'll do it five or ten minutes. But when I was growing up, the only time you saw stand-up comedy was when they had their HBO special. So they were doing an hour in the theater, or at, you know, at least half hour on like Comedy Central Premium Blend or HBO Half Hour. So there was always this arc, you know, this bigger thing, because you didn't get on there unless you were good and you could captivate people for 30 minutes. But nowadays, a lot of people kind of, they just write for their five or seven minutes, and then they write another five, and they kind of string it along. Uh, and that kind of started with, I, mean, I don't want to say it started recently because it's like you know who Steven Wright is? No. Okay. He was he's a really deadpan monotone comic. Brilliant jokes, but it's like he was he predicated uh Mitch Hedberg. So it's just one liners, but really smart. You should you should see some of his jokes. I mean even reading them they're really brilliant. Uh, but I went to he was a huge, huge comic. I went to go see him, and after 15 minutes, I was bored. 15, you know? It was just like Joe, Joe, Joe. Yeah. And then, you know, same with Mitch Edward. I went to see him, Joe, Joe, Dimitri Martin, Joe, Joe, you know? And I think Chris Rock said one time, it's like, you want to be so funny, but it's like, people are afraid to like, look away because they're so engaged. They want to know what happens next. Well, when you have like a formula where it's just like set a punch, set a punch, and then people can be like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, check my phone real quick. If I come back, 
okay, I might have missed some jokes, but I'm not missing anything. You know, you know, it's just yeah. more of the same. Yeah. And so that's what was great about Ali's special is that if you turned away for a second, you felt like you missed a chunk of mm-hmm. a bigger message. And so you had to be engaged and captivated, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is, which is, you know, I think the best kind of comedy. Uh, yeah. So. No, I agree with that, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Mike Birbiglia. Oh, God. Yeah. His last special on uh, Netflix? Yeah. yeah. What was it called? Thank God for Joe, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's so, he's, he's another, he's kind of the same way, I think. He definitely. Well, he he does a story. Well, he does a story. <laughs> he yeah, does yeah. a story. Yeah. <laughs> he took the really yeah. difficult route. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Used to, I used to not like him as much. He was just, you know, he kind of his delivery was like, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my god, I can't stand this guy. Put on a shiny suit, yell at me a little. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Uh, but. But then it's like, but I recognize he was a great writer. You know, so I just like his delivery style. And then I watched that Netflix day. He's like, holy shit! So I guess that was brilliant special. Yeah, it was so good. Um, uh, I used to not like Bo Burnham either, but his Netflix special, Make Happy. Did you see that one? I didn't see that one. No. I've never been. I've never been. I've never gone into Bo Burnham. I should probably. We don't have Netflix again. I do have Netflix. Let's be honest. Yeah. No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I give my Netflix account to other people. <laughs> I have like five people on my Netflix account. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, I didn't like it because it was like, oh, it's just kind of song, more, you know, parody uh-huh. songs. But yeah. that one, this one, was like, he's kind of making fun of, like, entertainment. This is really good. Like, it was like, and I saw him down at the Nerdist, like, Couple months later, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah. I go, dude, that thing was just like, you know, on another level." He was just like, "Who are you?" You should check that one out. That one's a good one. Uh, what are comics you like? Um, oh man, I mean, I, I, I always, I always love John Mulaney stuff, and he's the one that you know he'd go without the suit. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, jokes. yeah, yeah. He's a professional. He's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this stuff's great. Yeah. He'll have to come up with another one. Yeah, I'm yeah, really excited for that. Did you watch him on Saturday Night Live? I did, yeah. Yeah. I thought his monologue was great. Mm-hmm. The sketches were kind of weak. <laughs> I was like, what the hell am I watching? But the only one I liked was the school, the school walkout one. I did, oh, yeah, that one was good. That one was really fun. I actually enjoyed the Lobster Diner one. That was cool, bizarre. That, yeah. But, the, but there was one, the first one I think did was Really, the the one where it's like they went to that restaurant or uh, oh the drag queen one? Yeah, it was weird. That was like, yeah. It, it kind of went nowhere. He, you know? he, just didn't, he just didn't commit to being a drag queen. And the, the punchlines were funny. Yeah, yeah just like, funny, yeah. But his monologue was great. He's yeah, he's a good one too. He's like you know, bigger than life. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, there's guys that are like, oh, I paid you... 60 bucks to see this. Yeah. Versus, uh, this is just a guy that's going to... He's funny, but he's like... Yeah, he's just gonna... making jokes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I could stay at home with my... And make jokes with some guy on Call of Duty. <laughs> Get the same effect, you know? Um, I used to be a really good fan of Pete Holmes. Uh, I 
think he does comedy in Plano. I haven't heard any stand up. I haven't seen him stand up in a while. He had a special Kimono Kaka set going on last year. Okay, yeah. I, I think he has some smart material. I can't stand his personality. He laughs too much. You know? And then, like, on his podcast, it's like, he'll pass some of this. Do you have anything you want to blog or anything before we finish? Look for my podcast coming soon, hopefully. <laughs> it's called uh, Late Night Food Club. How about I won't release this podcast until you release your podcast? <laughs> that might be a good idea. No, uh, I will. No, you should release it because I. Uh, <laughs> I have my album. Uh-huh. Uh, What's the date for that again? Huh? When's the date for that? I don't know yet. Oh, I'm recording it May 19th, okay. and then I got to edit it and then mix it together. Someone's doing that for me, so I don't know when. Hopefully, that'll be done like within like a few weeks after that. Uh, so May, April, June. So hopefully, sometime in June, I'll release it. Um, but you know, they can go to my social media and find. Find all that info or my website tonyvin.com V-I-N-H uh-huh. uh, yeah what was me talking to you Tony even though the last part of it was really mean to me and I don't appreciate that at Kevin, all uh, <laughs> you know. it's all love here <laughs> you know, I am angry that you didn't take me to the Burmese place <laughs> come back we'll do it again I'll take you to the Burmese place I'm gonna go to that ladies backyard <laughs> We won't be able to eat there. We have to go somewhere else. Is she going to eat on her, like, her steps or if, if I'm going to go there, I want to talk to her about why she's doing this. <laughs> I, hey, I'll bring my podcast equipment, too. <laughs> all right. Next time, next time you all want to do a collaboration. All right. All right. Look for me on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. I wish I knew what you could do. I wish I knew what we could be So let's leave this place outside of my That was episode 10 of Slurp, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As usual, I have a few more thank yous I want to give up before I finish up. Uh, first thank you, of course, goes out to my wonderful guest, Tony Vin. Tony, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, you can find him on Facebook at Tony Vin, uh, Tony V-I-N-H. Uh, he has a comedian page where you, he'll post about all of his shows. So you can go see him live or you can go to his YouTube page under Tony Vin as well, V-I-N-H again where you can see some of his sets that have been recorded and put online. I would also like to thank Jason Lee, the Hong Kong-based artist who did my podcast logo with Jason. I love it so much. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find more of his work on Instagram at Hong Kong Gong, or you can go to his website, hongkonggong.com, and buy his zines and look at more of his art. I'd also like to thank the musician Ginger Root, who allowed me to use his song, In My Dreams, for my podcast theme song. You can find more of his music on his website, gingerrootmusic.com, or you can find it on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, you name it. And of course, if you want to support Slurp, you can always do that. I always welcome new fans. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram, at SlurpPod. You can also... Go to our SoundCloud and follow us there. That's bit.ly backslash slurpod. Uh, you can 
Also, support us on Patreon. Isn't that crazy? You can give us money now. Um, and we'll give you access to exclusive content like some uh, podcast snippets that I uh, leave on the cutting room floor. It's a fun time. You should go and kick in a dollar, two dollars. Anything helps. Uh, it all goes to cover the cost of my guest's food. Uh, you can get that at patreon.com backslash slurpod. And everybody, that was it for me. Thank you so much. And again, have a wonderful rest of your week. And as usual, keep on slurping. Thank you.